Hey everybody, this is Art Kelly, and you're listening to the Friendmaker Podcast. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to these conversations here with business professionals and my friends who are committed to becoming the kind of people others want to do business with. I've been working on a resource for entrepreneurs and service industry professionals like you. It's a book called The Seven Spheres of a Friendmaker, and it's currently available for pre-order at www.friendmaker.org. You can check that out at your convenience. However, I don't want to waste your time with advertisements today, so let's just get started with today's conversation. Well, hey, everybody. This is Art Kelly with the Friendmaker Podcast, and I'm sitting here with some of my friends, uh, Jeremy Lee, Josh Griffin, and Dean Heasley of the Borough Business Lab. And uh, these guys have been gracious uh, with our podcast, just give us the space to be able to uh, use and talk to other folks and talk to business people about this Friendmaker business philosophy. And uh, anyway, I just wanted to invite them on the podcast because I really felt like they had some really important things, maybe... To say, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. For the Let's, last twenty yeah. minutes, we've been rolling, and, uh, <laughs> and so we're, we're trying. Yeah, we're trying to figure out how to how to proceed. But man, I just wanted you guys just to kind of be on here. First of all, I wanted to give you all a little plug because of you know letting us use your space. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Borough Business Lab really does a lot of great work here in Middle Tennessee, helping other businesses kind of get their get the word out about their business. And they have what's called the get more customers formula that they use and they do a lot of digital marketing. That's what they are is a digital marketing well, firm. So it's under a little bit of an edit. It's about yeah. to be the make friends formula. Ah, excellent. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, think it's a great, I think that's a great name for it. I think you should do that. Make more friends. Make Give, how about the get more friends? Give more friends formula. formula. <laughs> Perfect. Force them to be your friend. Yeah, I'm, I'm here to steal as many ideas as I possibly can. <laughs> uh, well, tell, can y'all, uh, so, so who started this whole shindig? You guys all kind of came together. Tell us a little bit about how the Borough Business Lab came into existence. I think that'd be a good place to start because I think y'all kind of, I don't, did you start out as friends or did you just become friends as it happened or what? Tell me that story. I put an ad in the classifieds looking for business partners and nobody showed up. <laughs> no, you, you tell the origin story, I think, the best of all of us. You do. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Really? Yeah. Oh. We just, I learned that on, in the seven <laughs> steps, the seven spheres. <laughs> so, okay. We all had our own individual marketing agencies. Uh, we call them dudes in their pajamas. We were, you know, one-man shops at our house. And each of us had our own specialty. Uh, you know, Josh is the website king. He was really good at websites. Dean being Google and SEO. And I did email, social media, membership sites type things. And we all needed a place to work outside of the home whenever things get crazy and we ended up at cultivate co-working shout out gretchen bilbro and cultivate co-working on the square it's a really cool spot where you can for a very inexpensive price have a place to go to chill and work in a private quiet area and uh met these three guys there and you would think that when you meet somebody in the same industry that it is you know immediately walls go up and you put your guard up 
Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't that way. Uh, Dean and I had some history, and so we had that connection. And then uh, Josh, in general, I've never made a website in my life, so he wasn't threatening at all to me. He seemed like a an asset to me very fast. Glad <laughs> <laughs> you added the extra <laughs> syllable to that word. <laughs> and so, uh, so in general, we just started hanging out. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't, the one thing I like about these guys is I don't think any of us were threatened by anybody, and we just wanted to hang out and have fun. And so we would go to lunch, do things. We started to refer work to one another. And then um, at a certain point, it was like, hey, we're having fun. What if we did an event together? Mm-hmm. An event I think that you attended, right? Yeah. It was, a, one of it was the first of Borough Business Lab yeah, right, yeah. at the mm-hmm. chamber, right? So yeah. literally, that's mm-hmm. our name. If you want to know our right. name, it that's was how literally I met from like pretty a 30-second mm-hmm. conversation of what are we going to name this event? Yeah. And I don't even know how we did it, but we said Borough Business Lab. So we, we did this event. We invited our friends that were business owners. It was well attended and really successful. We all got clients from it. Had a blast. So we decided, hey, let's do it again. After the second event, we were like, okay, we've been dating long enough. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go see the the lawyer. And yeah. We signed papers together. And, uh, you know, the, we, we saw opportunities in town. We didn't think there was enough agencies here to serve uh, all the small businesses that were here. Mm-hmm. And we kept hearing that from the people that were talking, coming to us. And so we said, hey, if we bring all of our specialties together, we could probably pretty quickly be uh, one of the larger agencies in town. And so far, so good. Yeah. Two, two, almost two and a half years into it. Mm-hmm. So there's Has our it only been story. two and a half years? It yeah. feels like it's been longer. Mm-hmm. It feels like you guys Tell have been me around about it. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like February, forever. <laughs> so, so, uh, that's story, February 2020. Uh, okay, so the March pandemic. Yeah, like yeah, right. right before the world mm-hmm. fell apart. Yeah. There you go. So it's amazing that you guys have grown. I mean, how many clients do y'all serve now? Two, oh, 208. Yeah. In two years during the pandemic, you've gotten that many clients and grown that much. I mean, that's, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Well, um, so, you know, one of the things that I've been telling everybody as I start this conversation is that, and it's really funny because you guys haven't written on your wall how you get more customers. That's the, pr- that's the problem that most businesses have is how do I get more people through my doors. And um, let me ask you this. When you guys think about the methods that you all have used over the last couple of years to get your own clients, what are the ways in which you all find yourselves getting business? Mm. For me, it's just actually caring. Mm. Like going into a conversation, not to really sell something to somebody, but to actually care yeah. about them, about this community, about mm-hmm. businesses here. And that just speaks volumes. That's my biggest thing. I'm a big advocate of networking and cultivating referrals and building an asset that way. And I think we were talking to Rob last week. And I was like, I feel like my network of people is my most valuable financial asset mm-hmm. by far. Like mm-hmm. far great. I would rather, I would go bankrupt today if I could keep my network of people because when you have good people that you know and you want to be around and they know you and they want to be around you then you you really can do anything because mm-hmm. you can bring more people into the network you can get people out that are toxic and it's massively valuable so for me a, most of my business comes through networking and referrals when you say networking what is that 
What does that look like? So that means putting yourself out there in meetings, going to the chamber, going to networking events, having coffee, uh, just basically circulating around people that mm-hmm. are possible clients or could know possible clients. You know, it's funny. So the irony of something that's kind of struck me as I sit here today, I'm in a room, I'm at a table with, I would probably, I would think I would, you all would describe yourselves as introverts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that too, but you know, introvert, introverted guys. I mean, you guys are not like the most extroverted outgoing people that I know, Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, like we came in through your window today because there's a skunk out front. <laughs> He's introverted you have, too. Can't Peter, you have <laughs> right. got an introverted skunk here working yeah. with you. you ha- I'm looking at uh, like a 70s disco uh, situation here in the front. And mm-hmm. uh, and then I go to your bathroom and there's like $100 bills laying on the uh, the yeah. thing along with yeah. condoms, you know, by the condoms by the sink. And, <laughs> and people have written all over your walls. I mean, this is a really fun atmosphere. It's a very... Like it's an extroverted atmosphere. Have you mm-hmm. saw the bathroom? Not yet. I guess I need to before I leave today. So, um, so I hear that. You know, I see. You know, I've I've got a group of introverted guys, uh, but so you don't have to. And, I, and my prop, my podcast is about being a friend maker. It's about um, making friends. And I think there's this misnomer out there that you have to be super outgoing and extroverted to be able to build relationships with people, to do networking events and that kind of stuff. Can you speak into that a little bit as far as like? not being necessarily the most outgoing people how has that been has that been a challenge for you guys in business and how have you all have been able to overcome that me personally um uh i worked at a previous company and was as project manager for doing software projects and stuff and they're kind of pushing me towards doing more sales and sales and i'm like "Ah, i don't want to do sales Mm -hmm. i don't want to be out there i'm an introvert yeah so other stuff happened that made me leave and quit and start my own thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, crap, I got to do sales. <laughs> and I'm just a big introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, not like crazy, crazy introvert, but I'm very introverted. And I've read and studied, and it is a, if you go through the motions, it turns out to be fine. Like once I'm in a crowd of people, like yeah. going there, going to an event or something, I'm always nervous. I don't know what to do. But mm-hmm. once I'm there and I just start talking to people and just actually listening and caring about people and mm-hmm. wanting to know their story, and it just, it helps. I'm still drained at the end. Yeah, but uh, it is definitely a learned thing, and I'm still learning. I appreciate that because I think that uh, a lot of people that are listening to a podcast like this are thinking, "Well, I'm not a you know, I can't do sales. I can't because I'm just not. That's just not me, you know." Mm-hmm. And I think that this you know, sales it does not. There's not a pigeonholed personality that gets to do um, marketing of your business. You know, mm-hmm. you you get you get to be who you are. And put some of the principles that that I'm sharing with people mm-hmm. into place, but it, you don't. It doesn't. It kind of transcends personality, you know. And um, um, so one of the big things I hear a lot of times is that you should never mix business and friendship. <laughs> Have you ever heard that before? I will show it to her. That is great advice. I've actually never heard that before. So I should take that into consideration. So we talk about taboos. Good, that's just perfect. It's very perfect. Some days, yeah. Well, I was saying the other day, like my wife is my friend, my sons are my friends, but it's more 
Sure. It's different. So they, and ultimately they aren't my friend in a way. Right. Because friend is not good enough. It's not a good enough label. Mm. And I think when you get to the, this place, I'll speak for myself, but we've mixed money. We're around each other as much as anybody else. And the amount of trust you have to have, uh, the amount of conflict you have to navigate, the amount of all the different things. Um, I, I have friends, but I really don't think of them as my friends, or maybe just my friends. I think of them as uh, my business partners. Yeah. And I don't have any a whole lot of others. I don't think I have any others. So I should probably know if I do. I'll have to go check that out. But, um, yeah, we need to know that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, right. But that means um, you know they hold a you know a, a kind of a sacred place in, in my life, and um, and in some ways it's even bigger than a friend because I mean we can we can really hurt each other if we wanted to. Sure. You gotta respect that, mm -hmm. and. Uh, but at the same time, obviously, we're friends. Well, I, I'm a firm believer that you can mix business and friendship if integrity is not a problem mm -hmm. for you. You know, like if you, I think there's got to be trust that's built between you. And, uh, and so when you're dealing with clients or you're dealing with business partners, there is an element of trust that has to kind of ma be maintained throughout that relationship or else, you know, it probably won't work. Um, yeah, when you start mixing money with personality and friendship, it can go south real fast mm -hmm. if you're only looking out for yourself. So I always, whenever there's money involved, I always try to err on the side of either being conservative with the money or being generous. Mm -hmm. And I think if you go into it that way, like, I think a lot of people look at money as it's got to be 50-50. No, it doesn't. It should probably be like 40, 60 or 30, 70. And then when it ends up being 50, 50, you're like, oh, that worked out great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When he comes yeah. top of profit share, he's at 37. <laughs> I want 33 though. Is 33 okay? Can we do 33? <laughs> just, you just got to be generous, right? Yeah, that's right. On camera. Jeremy, we'll give you. Here, okay? Will you take 33? Because then he can get 34. <laughs> okay, so here's another thing that I've really thought as we've kind of, as, as we've I've gotten to know you guys a little bit over the last few years. And when I asked you the question, how you guys are getting business and stuff, you know, you, so you work, you are a, you're a digital marketing firm. So obviously there is a digital marketing aspect to your, how you get customers, right? Because mm -hmm. you do the same for yourself that you do for your other clients. We apply but, our formula to our own business. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, you know, so you guys are doing a lot of these things for your own business, which is a, a tremendous benefit. Something that I feel like, uh, as I've been just kind of developing a lot of the stuff I've been developing with the FriendMaker concept has been that ultimately, you know, it's a both and. It's not an either or when it comes to marketing your business. Mm -hmm. It's it's both having the tools and being able to be uh, up with the times, so to speak, with all the technology, you know, that's out there and all the social media stuff and the email and the SEO and the digital marketing things. Like those are absolutely necessary, but you also need to have that relational aspect. How do you... Uh, do you see a difference between dealing with people in a transactional way versus a relational way? Or is it a both and, either or for you guys? Or how does that? I think in our case here at Bro Business Lab, it, 
So I go back to, I was at a conference once, and I think I actually talked to you about this when we were having coffee one time. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the woman who had been the global head of digital marketing for Mattel was telling a bunch of local business owners all about digital marketing, but she said there's, there's the digital marketing caveat. You have to start, before you do any of this stuff, which is all digital, mm -hmm. before you do any of that, you have to do networking, handshaking, and canvassing, which in, in that industry was literally going door to door. Mm. So you have to go meet people face to face yeah. because your first, probably your first three, four, five sales are going to come from just somebody that you know, mm -hmm. like somebody that you know personally or somebody who's in your network. So I think it does have to be both because as you expand and as you grow, you're going to need this credibility, the digital credibility to back up your face-to-face -face interactions. Do you think that people can have an over-reliance upon either side of, you know what I'm saying? Like, an, is there an over-reliance in our society and our culture? So let me stop, let me step back for a sec. So one thing I see a lot is especially, I don't know if it's a generational thing, maybe just more of a culturally savvy group of people that want to just always just throw out the digital stuff all the time. And so it seems like there's just an over-reliance on when you're trying to build your business on the digital side of things and not a reliance at all on, you know, building relationships and that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, and I found myself, you know, I was telling somebody this the other day that like, I'm an extreme person. So like, if my wife tells me, turn the radio down, I turn it you know, way down, <laughs> you know, like, like not all, not almost all the way off. Or if, if the air's on, I turn it way down or whatever. And so my tendency in, because I'm very relational in the way I do my business is to almost be like standoffish with digital marketing stuff, mm -hmm. because I'm afraid of, uh, um, uh, betraying the relational quality of the client, you know, of the work that I do by, by being so digital. But I also know there's a tremendous value in the digital and mm -hmm. the knowledge and all that kind of stuff. But I see so many people that have an over-reliance. So I have that tendency to just kind of sway back the other way towards more relational. But mm -hmm. how, do you guys see that too? And, and how, how can, like, if you're talking to me, how do you help balance, help me balance that reality? You get the, majority of your business from your network and going mm -hmm. out and shaking hands in the community. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, I'm good with that. I got enough. Mm -hmm. um, what happens if that starts tailoring off? So larger concept is thinking about not just digital marketing, but marketing in general as an investment portfolio. Mm -hmm. So if you go all in on one thing mm -hmm. and if that tanks, then you're SOL. Yeah. Mm. But if you have multiple things, diversify, you know, diversifying, mm -hmm. you get a little bit over here. Um, it's generating just a little bit. Maybe this one's not working as well. And this piece over here is working really good. Yeah. But overall, it all adds up. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that concept, I, diversify. Yeah. I look at it like an ecosystem. Like if we have a client that comes to us or if we have a prospect that comes to us and says, all right, I want this and this. And that's all I'm doing. Mm -hmm. We will tell them no, because there's a burden on the business owner to do more than just what your digital company mm -hmm. is providing you. And plus, we know from history that they're not they're not going to do well. Yeah. And then they'll blame us, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is it's not not our fault that right. they weren't willing to go to networking events and shake hands and kiss babies and do all of those things. Mm -hmm. So the two have to work together. Mm -hmm. Plus, as you you know, if you're at a networking event, says 
And somebody says, oh, here's my business card, which is actually a coaster. Um, and they're like, and they, you know, they meet you. The first thing they do, if they're actually interested in using your services, they're going to Google you. Uh-huh. Yeah. You need to have the social proof. You better have evidence that you exist. Yeah, right. In the, on the inter- interwebs. Yes. Exactly. The interwebs is important. <laughs> it might just be a fad, though. I don't know. So, uh, so I've created this little, um, this, this graphic of this pineapple. You guys saw the pineapple on the front there. Uh-huh. And, uh, there's a, yeah, there's a, so it's funny. So we have had this conversation and this is, so we're, I'm, I'm trying to tackle taboos in this podcast. One of the taboos is mixing business and friendship. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the things is the idea that, that the, uh, the pineapple can actually be used as a redeeming symbol, not you know, there are certain people out there in the world that have other um, uses for the pineapple. Sure. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Do you, what, but, what is? I don't. I'm not familiar. So I'm not sure. A lot of folks are not familiar with this idea, but you know, the pineapple has always been, up until the swinger movement, I guess, mm-hmm. just took it in the last few years, has always been a symbol of hospitality and friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we share that a little bit in more detail on a different episode. Of this, but basically, you know, the pineapple was carved into the lentils and doorposts of houses all over New England and all over the Caribbean whenever the New World was discovered because it was seen as a symbol of hospitality and friendship and welcome. And so, uh, so as I was putting together this concept of these seven spheres, I really wanted an image that had a little bit of life to it, you know, that had a little bit more than just seven circles on a page. And uh, so definitely, definitely trying to uh, stir up some controversy, you know, (laughs) using a pineapple. But but I do really believe as I was kind of working on all this stuff, uh, the seven spheres I have found in my own business that, this is how this is the it's a process of building relationships with people so that you know sometimes on the front end of a of a contract or a new relationship with somebody you're not friends with somebody on the front end mm-hmm. but as you go through the process of getting to know them and this is the process of getting to know them and, and learning how to love them well so that you can serve them more powerfully in the future. Mm-hmm. You, know, you start out by listening to them. You, you learn who they are. You figure out what makes them tick. You, you like them. You, know, you actually enjoy them as human beings. And you learn sometimes how to like people because some folks are not as easy to like. You know? right. uh, and then you go through a, there's a, as you develop that part of your relationship with them, then loyalty begins to develop. Mm-hmm. And then you have the opportunity in the relationship with them to start risking and leaping for your clients and then to lead them through the process because they don't know necessarily how to go from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. As a realtor, you know, a lot of folks don't know how to go from contract to close. So they're trusting me to help walk them through that process. Same thing for your folks. You know, they're trusting you to help them walk or help you walk, walk them through their process. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately loving the client by staying in their life long after you make the sale with them, being consistently in their life, providing value, um, not just looking at them as a commodity that you've been able to use to get what you want, but also learning how to nurture them as a part of your community. And, uh, and so like, that's kind of the idea behind the friend maker. Um, as you guys look through that list, I know I had sent you guys the, uh, the survey, like only a half an hour before we did this today. So you may not have had the opportunity to do it yet. Jeremy did it. Did did you do it? What did it, did it tell you what you, where you, where you stand? He ignored us at lunch and just did that. 
This is very rude, Jeremy. I'm imminent. You're an imminent. Is there an opposite to friend maker? Because that's Jeremy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to admit to hitting the average button quite a lot. Yeah. No, that's good. See, and the great thing about this is, uh, and what I've tried to do with this thing is, and you really actually are pretty even all the way along the stage. So So like your strongest one is the learning people. Like that seems to be your strongest suit is the sphere number two. Um, but this is a, again, you know, this is not like I haven't done, there's not a lot of science behind this. Okay. So I've not really, you know, spent a lot of scientific (laughs) research on how to develop this, but I wanted to give people some kind of a tool so that they can kind of see gauge, you know, where are you in the spheres and, uh, how, how you feel like, uh, how feel like you feel like that works. Just curious for you guys. Do you have any, as you look down that list, is there a particular sphere that you guys feel like you are stronger in versus others? So I did sales for 10 years before this, and as an introvert, that was very difficult. But what I learned quickly was I could go into a sales meeting and seriously say three or four sentences and make a sale Yeah, because I was listening. Mm. And I would listen and take notes and ask a few good questions. And by the end of the meeting, the client would have talked themselves into a sale. Mm. And it, just by listening... And I'm, I, I think I'm naturally a good listener anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it depends on who I'm talking to or who's talking at me. Uh, but no, I, so for me, I think it's listening. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, how about you? Um, sorry, what were you saying? What do you think? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so that would be no on no. number one. <laughs> Man, I, I mean, every like when I go into meeting somebody and signing them up as a client or customer, what do you want to say? Mm-hmm. Like, I always want to learn everything that I can about them so I can better serve them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Um, side note, I was this popped up in my head while you were talking, but I have I've had clients, customers that have come and gone, and I always tell everybody. Maybe we're not the best fit. That's okay. Still want to be friends. Mm. So it's cool that if you mm-hmm. leave, yeah. no hard feelings or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I'm still friends with uh, pretty much all of them that have left in the past. I think it's something interesting. Jeremy said this when we were first started this conversation about when you guys first met. How y'all were all kind of in the same industry, yeah. digital marketing, and how a lot of times that's kind of an awkward oh, yes. thing, right? Like there's an awkwardness to that for a lot of people. Um, I heard, I think it was John, a- John Acuff said that if you're an architect in a town, uh, it would do you tremendous, it would be of tremendous value for you to know all the other architects in your town. Um, because you, if you look at them only as competition, then you're missing the opportunity to be able to learn and grow yeah. as a business person. And, uh, and so, uh, but learning how to be more generous with the fact that not everybody's going to connect with me in the businesses that I provide. And it's okay if yeah. somebody doesn't call me and use me for my services. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be okay as a business person, when somebody calls me and says, Hey, I just want to let you know, I've got somebody else that I'm going to use yeah. for this, you know, for realtoring or whatever, like, you know, and, it, and to not make people feel weird and awkward yeah. about right. that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, from a financial standpoint too, it makes very much practical sense 
to be friends with your competitors. Like mm -hmm. right before we left for lunch today, I set a lunch appointment for two weeks out with one of our biggest, what could be a competitor. So there's a little bit of overlap in what we do, Yeah, but they typically handle very large institutional clients, mm -hmm. like 50 million and up a year in revenue. We don't really do that. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of referrals back and forth with this person. And some of our local competitors have actually hired us to do work, <laughs> the tactical work for them. Yeah, it seems almost counterintuitive to to embrace those that would normally be considered your competitor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're not. But in reality, yeah. Right. And that's, that's okay. gosh, that's humility. But still, you, you still want to help. Uh -huh. So that's that's the, the, the benefit of being friends with competitors. Like, I'm not the best fit, but this guy is, or this girl is. Mm -hmm. She's the best. So with that in mind, there is talk, and depending on what news channel you're listening to, of a recession in the world, yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> whether we're already really? in one or it's coming or whatever. Uh, and so there's a lot of business people that are listening to this and they're just going, yeah, you know, that's great. But I mean, I'm going to have to, you know, pay my light bill, you know, when things start, as yeah. things are getting, you know, the gas is still super high and it's just cost of living has just gone up everywhere. Um, so if you're, you know, if you're talking to you know customers right now who are worried about this, and you are, you guys are in that world. You're talking to folks that are worried about this. Um, how could how could this philosophy of business, this friend maker idea, mixed with what you guys are doing here at the uh, the Borough Business Life, how could that um, help encourage some of these people who are anxious about the future? Any thoughts on that? Well, that's a deep question there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're going really deep, you know. This, this whole this whole conversation started out not serious at all. We went super super serious. We started, we merged together mm. at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. Think, thinking yeah. the same thing. Well, this is absolutely bonkers. Like, yeah. well, this is a dumb idea. We merged together, and yeah. now the whole economy yeah. shut down. Uh -huh. But people needed to go online to market their business mm -hmm. more. Yeah. So we found it actually worked out in our favor that way. Um, the reality is, if that happens, this recession, if it were in one or not, it's cost of living going up. Like You're going to have to pay more to get the same number of customers or leads or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. Like That's just a, it's just a reality. Mm. If you stop doing things like that, mm -hmm. then... Do you just stop? <laughs> there's no, you know. And there's lots of stories of people that built huge businesses during the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. Like Hershey, Pennsylvania was mm -hmm. built, physically built during the Great Depression because Hershey could pay 25 cents on the dollar for materials and labor. And so 10 years later, now he's got an asset that's worth six or seven times what he just paid for a and decade ago. And it smells ago. like chocolate. And it smells like chocolate, right. So like double Small winning, town. double winning for him. Yes. So, uh, you know, from a practical standpoint, a recession just means you work harder for less money mm. and that's okay. We're just going to have to work a little harder this you, next You have to work a little harder and you have to cut your expenses a little bit. Yeah. You'll be fine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that sounds so simple. It kind of is. <laughs> be smart yeah. about it. Yeah. Be yeah. smart on what you cut. Um, mm. uh, 
it's yeah, just be smart about it. Mm, I appreciate that, guys. Um, so right now, as far as clients and business owners, what kind of advice are you guys getting, giving them to develop relationships with with their clients? How how are you all encouraging them in the in the the work that you do um, to to develop relationships with their clients? What does that look like? So. We have been really encouraging email as a form of communication. And we yeah. were just at a conference a few weeks ago and one of the speakers was saying that he's educating his clients that you should use email as social media. Like you should look at email as a form of social media mm -hmm. because you send out an email. Most people are, they're going to do one of two things. They're going to reply or they're going to hit delete. Well, yeah. the ones that reply, now you're literally in a social relationship with them. Yeah, because you're interacting with somebody who wants to interact with you. Right, exactly. So that's one thing. And I do an informal thing whenever I'm bringing on new clients. And that's, I try to give them resources of networking groups wherever they are mm. that I think will be a good fit for them. Okay. Um, because that, that interpersonal activity is so important to a business. Mm. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, cool. We're almost down to our bonus questions. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So I got like a rapid fire bonus round here at the Jeremy, end of our conversation. Get ready. Fire up, jumping jacks. <laughs> That's right. So here's what I want to ask you guys to start. I've got questions. Um, so the first question, and I'll just ask each of you, and these just be when I say rapid fire, like a word or a phrase or a sentence. But that's that's all I'm looking for. Okay. Well, Stop. Skunk. Skunk. That's one answer. <laughs> All right. So I should probably change and rephrase this word, this one, but what stirs you up? When I say that, like what gets you fired up? Like almost angry, kind of stirred up. Ooh. Like Dang. in a negative way. <laughs> They're Sorry. all gonna say each other's names. Once again, I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get some swag made that says enemy maker and that's the opposite of friend maker, enemy maker. In business or just life. just generally, yeah. What gets you stirred up? Uh, what gets me just angry yeah. is when I know I can help people and they won't let me. Mm. Mm. Yeah. When I, I've got something fairly specific and that's when there's a business that is the high price leader mm -hmm. in the marketplace, but they pay their vendors crap. Mm. I hate, I hate that. <laughs> but, that would be when someone is messing with a member of my family. Oh, oh. yeah. What gets you excited? Oh, that's easy for me. Yeah. My new daughter. Ah, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what gets me excited is when I have a win for a client. Mm. Like when the work that we're doing pays big for a client. I love that. Yeah. Being on vacation. <laughs> yes. Can I go now? That is true. Yeah. That, that is true. Yes, most <laughs> yes, that gets me super excited. Uh, what moves your heart? Can I say the same thing? You can't. I mean, yeah, you can say whatever you want to say. My family. Okay. Hmm. My family. Uh, probably being able to see that I've done some good for somebody else. Mm. Mm. Good stuff. My children's laughter, it's always been my children's laughter, even though they're big old the boys now. <laughs> uh, when they laugh, lose my heart. Mm. Uh, name your favorite movie and why. Oh, can't ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> it's too many. Okay. Well, uh, you know, pick one. <laughs> oh 
I can answer. I don't know what about. It. It's so difficult. That's fine. Yeah, right. I mean, you're, we didn't ask the meaning of life. Dude. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't give you guys this. The Happy Gilmore. There you go. Happy Happy Gilmore. <laughs> That's good. That's a good go to your home. Yeah. <laughs> I like Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, it's the I'm a man. quintessential. Mm. It's quintessential hero's journey. Yeah. I mean, it's almost prototypical of that. Mm. That's good stuff. Star Wars? Sons of Scotland. <laughs> Braveheart, right? Braveheart. Yeah. Uh, what keeps you up at night? Not my daughter, because she sleeps very well. Okay. Uh, what keeps me up at night? Not much. Mm. I got this new mouth guard that stops my snoring. I might need one of those myself. I keep my wife up at night. Up. Not much right now. Truly blessed. That's good. When, when there's problems either at work that I can't solve or at home that I can't solve, that keeps me up at night. All right. And then what gets you up in the morning? Obligations. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm, ex like, I'm excited to get to the office and do work and yeah. just hang out with these guys and mm. figure something out. Things Whatever it is. <laughs> uh, and to drink coffee. Uh, yeah. There you yeah. go. Is uh -huh. that more honest? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Usually it's an enlarged prostate. <laughs> and I appreciate you being willing to share. Making a quick trip right to <laughs> Very good. Dean, what will get you up in the morning? Uh, when I said obligations, it, it was serious. I would yeah. sleep in if I didn't have meetings. <laughs> so I normally schedule some meetings yeah. in the morning. It's good that I do to have some obligations in the morning. It is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you all for giving me your time. I, I think it's really funny. Uh, I actually think I, I got a little bit of serious moments out of you guys in the middle of your... Your, your day so yeah um, you're one of the few people to get I, that i'm trying i'm trying I'm, I'm working hard at it so um, <laughs> listen if you are a business and you are in the middle tennessee area and you're needing some help getting more customers i'd encourage you to give these guys reach out to these guys i know that they're really good at what they do and uh, they really do care about their clientele um, they're personal friends of mine, and I have no problem highly recommending them. Uh, as far as just listening to the podcast, you know, thank you for, for tuning in with us today. And uh, we'll be back soon with another episode. So thanks again. Talk to you soon. Well, folks, that about wraps it up for today. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you were able to glean some great content out of our conversation today. I want to remind you again, please go to friendmaker.org if you'd like to pre-order a copy of my upcoming book, The Seven Spheres of a Friendmaker. If you'd also like to have me come speak, maybe you have a corporate event or a company uh, office sales meeting or something that you need somebody to come in and do one of these Friendmaker workshops with you, I would love to help you out with that. Go to friendmaker.org forward slash speaking where you can book having me come and do that. And finally, if you are interested in learning where you personally fall within the seven spheres framework, go check out friendmaker.org forward slash survey and take the seven spheres survey. It's 35 questions that you can go through and it'll basically help you figure out where are my strengths and where are my weaknesses within the seven spheres framework. Thanks again for listening. Stay tuned for next week's conversation. I appreciate you tuning in. Mm -hmm.